Green Room on Air. Green Room on Air. The podcast that takes you beyond the velvet curtains and into the pulsating heart of the entertainment world. Hello, everybody. You have reached Green Room on Air. And this is Ray Renati, your host. And this is my little spot in the corner of the various internets. How y'all doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm back from Europe where I was uh, visiting France, Portugal, and Spain. España. What a lovely place Portugal is. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But today I want to let you know that we have a great guest. His name is James T. Lane, and he is a Broadway star. I love having Broadway stars on the show. I really do. Now, if you're new to the green room, what we do here is we get behind the scenes in the world of entertainment. And very often I talk to the movers and shakers in the world of entertainment here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Uh, people who are actors on the stage, dancers, circus performers, cabaret performers, jugglers all kinds of people, but we also talk to people all over the world. And as I said, today we have a very special Broadway performer, actor, singer, dancer, triple threat, James T. Lane. So I got back from uh, Europe, loved it there. My wife and I traveled all through Portugal and we, we did a little stint in Spain and Cordoba. All it does is remind me of uh, Ricardo Montalban when he used to have those commercials for the Chrysler Cordova. What was it? Uh, what was this? What was the what was the the tagline? The Cordova. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, Ricardo Montalban. Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. So, but apparently it's it's pronounced Cordoba. And they have this, they have this castle there. Well, actually, it's a, a mosque. And somewhere in the 14th century or the 15th century, it became a place where Jews, Christians, and Muslims could all worship together. Yes, I'm not kidding you. And inside, it looks like a mosque. And they have all this Christian stuff from the Catholic Church. I didn't see any Jewish stuff. Pretty much the Catholic Church has taken it over, and there was some king after this happened a couple hundred years later who made sure that uh, the Muslims were kicked out, and then he regretted it. But anyway, there was a time, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, when everyone got along, as Rodney King wanted us to do. Why can't we do that now? Why not, I ask you? Must we be fighting? We are all, apparently, well, if you worship God, it's all the same God. The biblical God is the God of the Old Testament, the New Testament, and the Koran, folks. Now, I don't worship any of them anymore. Used to be Catholic, but now that's pretty much, uh, I don't want to get into that. (laughs) Anyway, folks, 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 our... Guest today is James T. Lane, and uh, James was born and raised in Philly, Philadelphia, PA, 
and uh, he's left an indelible mark on both the West End and the Broadway stages. If you're a big uh, Broadway aficionado, you may have recognized him from the remarkable Broadway productions of the Scottsboro Boys, The Chorus Line, and Kiss Me Kate. Also, he was in uh, Chicago, where he played Billy Flynn just earlier this year. My friend James Monroe Iglehart played Billy Flynn at the same time last year. I asked him if he knew him. They just know each other professionally. But uh, anyway, maybe James will be on the show one day soon, I hope. Although he's a huge star now, so it's hard to get... Even if you have friends, if when, when you have friends who become big stars, everything gets taken over by, by their publicists and their agents and stuff. So if you talk to them, they're like, and you want them to like be on your show or something, you gotta you gotta go through their publicist and their agent, and then they tell you tell the star if it's gonna happen. It's whacked. It's whacked. But anyway, I'm so glad that James was on the show today. He was he was wonderful. Um, once in a while, you have a guest that just it's just so easy to talk to them. It just flows. He's so positive, upbeat. Super talented guy. Uh, I watched some of his videos. Really, really great on YouTube. You can check it out. Just go, just search on James T. Lane or go to his website, jamestlane.com. I'll put a link in in the notes and uh, check him out, man. And the thing is, he's got a new show now out. It's a one-man show called Triple Threat. It's a play that moves and sings. It's one man sharing a story of big dreams in the arts in the course of events that occur after a life-changing injury. It's a tour de force performance in the style of John Leguizamo, Lily Tomlin, Billy Crystal, and the magnificent Whoopi Goldberg. And now, without any further ado, I bring you James T. Lane. Hey, well, it's so great to have you on here, James. That's right. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, yeah and uh, I think that we have, uh, we might have uh, a common, a friend in common. Who? Uh, James Monroe Aglehart's a friend of mine. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I, I just know him professionally, but I don't know him personally. Oh, okay. And I think I think you play your you played the same role in Chicago as him recently. <laughs> Yes, yes, Billy Flynn. Billy Flynn, yeah, mm-hmm. and you, and you did it this year, and I think he did it last year. Yeah, yeah. So they're cycling, uh, they're cycling people through. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you can say that safely. Say that you know, being twenty six years in, that <laughs> they cycle people through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they're gonna have to, right? Yeah, yeah, that's you know, like a ninety-year-old guy up there playing Billy Flynn. <laughs> although, although close, I, I, I can't remember who was the guy. Uh, he must have been in his seventies at the time. He played. Uh, he's an old, like a matinee movie idol, but he must have been in his seventies. Richard, Richard uh, Gere. No, not Richard Gere. Oh, from from the stage. I, I'll have to think of his name, but oh, okay, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you have a, a, a new show called Triple Threat that's uh, that you're it opened what a couple days ago? 
We open for previews uh, June seventeenth. Yeah. All right. And, and what motivated you to start this uh, now? Well, a few things. I mean, I started writing it in 2015, so that just gives you an idea of how long these things kind of get, you know, can take getting to New York City. Yeah. Uh, but um, a, a few reasons kind of like moved me to kind of uh, a, a term I've been using is uh, I call creative responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, one the one thing was I was looking at the landscape of Broadway. And I was looking around, and if I wasn't the genie, like James Monroe Ivar, or if I wasn't a founding father in Hamilton, <laughs> or if or if I wasn't Simba or Mufasa in The Lion King, where was I going to go where uh, the rules were kind of like built for me in mind? And when I say built for me in mind, I don't necessarily mean culturally. Because, you know, Simba's a lion and um, the founding fathers, I'm, you know, they're not from my culture or, you know, and, and the genie, he's the genie. But he's from but no like, one's culture. He's from no one's culture. He's doing his own <laughs> thing out there. But I looked around and I said, you know, if I really want to be who I am and who, my, you know, where can I go? Where's the work? Where's the yep. work? Mm-hmm. So there was that kind of need to create um that that was really boiling inside of me and someone you know when I was working in London they asked me they said if you were to write what would you write and I just started writing about my own experience as you know a drug addict and an alcoholic and um they were looking at the pages this was David Lamb from the uh from the Young Vic in London and he looked at you read what I wrote and he said this is you I, I don't even that's not the person that I see in front of me and I just kept on writing and here we are Wonderful. Gosh. I mean, I, I love it when when people take the bull by the horns and create their own reality in uh, mm-hmm. theater and live theater. Um, yeah. Like you say, we can't all be the genie and we can't we can't all be uh, in Hamilton. But uh, right. You know, and if you don't see a space, you can you, you know, that agency or that need, you know, you, you can kind of, you know, create the space. Yeah. Yeah. So can you share some of the pivotal moments that and experiences that shape your uh, your performance uh, today in Triple Threat? Well, I, I thought you were talking about some pretty heavy stuff there. Yeah. Well, first, I've got to say that, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I played like up to 20 characters in the show. Right. And um, we uh, we start basically and end the show with my mother. You know, a mother's love is like none other. She didn't throw me out at my darkest moments. Um, and um, it's a love letter to um, the, that kind of love, that spirit, you know. And um, but, uh, you know, so we, we deal a lot with a mother's love and a mother's love of her son and vice versa. Um, but, uh, you know, we we talk a lot about education. And, um, you know, feeling the pressures of, of being a Black gay man in the performing arts, you know, um, and how you are relegated to one set of kind of ideas of who you are when that's not necessarily who you are. And, um, you know, you're shoehorned into this kind of way of, of, of acting, 
you know, and then trying to find your own way is, is very hard. And, so, and most people don't find their own way where they leave the business and, and transition out because of the pressure. Uh, what other themes are in the show? You know, I, you know, it's about being a singer, dancer, and an actor, you know, but there's obviously more to, to, to what a triple threat is. So you'll have to come and see what that is. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, there's, there's, you know, the, bl the blood or the, the kind of like the, 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 um, you know, the, what links everything together is movement, you know? So like I'm, I say, the blood of the play is dance and, um, all of the characters, you know, it's there's a melody in how they speak, as well as I'm singing, but there's a melody in how they speak. So there's all different kinds of uh, voices and singing. And then the characters are the acting. So, uh, you know, it starts from elementary school and it takes us all the way up through to the present. Oh, wonderful. And how did you approach uh, learning 20 different characters and making them distinct and real for the audience as 20 separate entities how did you do well, that's that? a that's a good question well so we use um so like i'm i literally play lots of characters but we also have projections in which i've filmed uh, myself playing characters and then we also have voiceover which i am characters in voiceover but that's that's a really good question ray i think you always have to have a key into the character so you find out what the key is, like what your personal key is, like is it the way? And my personal key, because I was like, my first language was dance. So how I find my way into character is a, is a, is a movement, you know? So as long as I get in touch with the movement of that person, I'm able to go into that room of the character and play in that room. Okay. If that makes any sense, right? It, it does, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, what it says is, um, you know, you with your background, your training in dance and movement, that's the thing. That's the anchor that's going to help you find those differences between the different people. Um, and, you know, as performers, we all have to we take classes, we learn different ways of, of doing things, but we all sort of have to find our own technique ultimately mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. use whatever, uh, you know, our strengths are to to um, create characters, to create situations and stories, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved like you know, it was my first love was dance. Mm -hmm. So that that is the first thing that comes to me easily, yeah. and um, you know, it always tells me so much about a person. Even I'm looking, uh, you know, on Forty Second Street and just looking at the street, you know, it tells me. When I see a person walking, it tells me so much about them because I love movement. Yeah. You know, and, um, and you know, there's so many different things you can do to riff off of that particular movement of that person. Right, right. Are you actually looking at 42nd Street right now? Yeah, I'm here in my... <laughs> I'm here in my dressing room, um, and uh, it seemed like I was I was running some errands, and I said, "Oh, I know, I can go right in my dressing room and do this uh, call with you." And, and you can <laughs> see it out the window. Yeah, I'm uh, running 40, I'm 42nd Street and Ninth. It's kind of fabulous. <laughs> that's great. You know, we yeah. have a, we have a theater company here in San Francisco called 42nd Street Moon. And, really? Uh, yeah, I've done a few shows there, and th yeah, that's what it's called, and. Uh, 
They do, but most well, it's kind of changed. But mostly, with the, with their edict was the beginning was doing uh, like lost Broadway shows. Oh, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. That, we, they don't. That's have... not what they do anymore. They do a lot of popular stuff. Okay. Yeah. We have a program here called Encores, and they do kind of like obscure, you know, Broadway shows that were lost before. Too. Yes. I've yes, done, I've heard of that. Show. Yeah. Yeah. Done yeah like shows. we did uh, Silk Stockings and. Um, uh, nymph errant and all kinds of stuff like that um anyway um, what's interesting also ray i just just tell you about this it's funny so 42nd street as we know has changed a lot in, yeah. in, in the in the years and when i was here in the late 1990s you know where this theater is theater i'm, I'm doing i'm at theater uh, theater row from ninth avenue down towards the river 10th 11th and 12th it got really really bad like and this was the area in which i used to get high in you know so it is so cool to be doing this show um on 42nd street in the area in which i used to like you know kind of like score and stuff on so it's 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 like what a world that you can kind of like you know, create something. Um, and the very thing that got you here, got you there on the street, got you here in this theater. It's 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 the American dream. What an incredible journey you've had. So yeah. you you somehow ended up getting involved in drugs and alcohol. You mm -hmm. pulled yourself out of it and now now you're performing again on on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's amazing, really. Yeah, it's something Congratulations. else. Congratulations. That takes some serious fortitude. Yeah. And and you know that as I'm sure you you you've heard this before, it's like, you know, not only is it is it hard, you know, releasing, you know, getting that uh monkey off your back, but you still have to deal with the monkey inside your head, right? Because yeah. that's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's where the disease of alcoholism or the disease of addiction lies after you've after the physical stuff is gone. You know, it's it's the thing in your head, you know, the disease that you always carry. Yeah. So that's that's the real day-to-day -day kind of work of, of of keeping that in check. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll share with you. I mean, I was uh dependent on benzodiazepines for 18 years and mm -hmm. similar to alcohol. Um, I mean, it was a doctor thing, but mm -hmm, I ended up mm -hmm. totally addicted and it took me three years to get off of it. Wow, good for I you. know exactly what you're saying. I mean, because I still have to deal with that every day, you know. I mean, people think you're done and no, you're not done. <laughs> because all that time you were on the drugs, there's like subtle or overt personality changes and stuff that you're not doing anymore. And then when you're not on it anymore, you forget. Your your mind just doesn't know how to do that, you know, uh, regulate emotions, deal with people, handle changes, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, it does give you a lot of insight, though, I think, into, you know, life and um, gives you a lot of empathy. Possibly. Oh, empathy, compassion. Ray, I was I was just sharing this last night. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, I got on the subway. Uh, and, um, you know, New York City subways, you know, 
there are lots of lots of folks that are going through lots of stuff, uh, homeless people and, you know, you know, addicted people. And, um, you know, you know, I just get on the subway and sit down and it doesn't, you know, and the guy, you know, stretched, stretched, you know, full out on the um on one of the things across from me, just twisting and turning and changing. And, you know, and I know what that is. Like, I know. And, you know, and I and I kind of looked over to my right and I could see people shaking their heads and stuff like that. And it's just like when you don't know what that is, you you it's easier to judge. Right. So easy, you know, yeah. it's so easy. It's like, oh, you know, just get yourself together or something like that. But like I'm looking across at this gentleman and like that's my people. Like I know yeah. what that is. Yeah. You know, and I and I and I know it's 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 more than meets the eye it's not just a kind of flick of the switch and i can just get my life together so and also i think people don't realize the incredible humanity that is there before him like 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 you i mean you're this amazingly talented artist and somehow you ended up there right right and the people see you laying there and they get to think that you're just a lazy sack who never did anything mm -hmm. with his life. And that's almost never the case with any of these people. Absolutely. If you talk to them, you find out what incredible human beings they are. And most of them are super smart. And have, mm -hmm. a lot of them have done some incredible stuff in their lives. Mm -hmm. and, and somehow, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, they ended up having this struggle. But uh, yeah. So. I assume that your show covers some of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Triple threat. A, a cover, a, a recurring theme is like, you know, people like me, like, you know, it wasn't supposed to happen to people like me. Like I was, I mean, I got out, right? I got out. I got out of the project. I had full scholarships to the best schools. You know, I had great guidance and teachers and it still happened to me. Yeah. You know, like, and, and you know, and, and, you know, it, it's something to get out and then fall back and then get out again. Right. You know, yeah. like that's, you know, most of, you know, as you know, most people don't get here. Most people don't recover. You know, it is a, it's a rare thing. And um, so I do not to the best of my ability a day at a time, do not take it for granted you know, that I've gotten out, but, um, you know, like he's, like we said, it takes, takes work, man. <laughs> Did you have people that helped you? Absolutely. You know, I, uh, it's, I, it's funny. I, uh, I, I totally fell in love. Like, and that was the first like thing that got me out. Like I didn't want to lose the relationship. Right. Yeah. And, um, but, but what was interesting is like early on in that relationship, he helped me get out in terms of like, I didn't want to lose it, but then I quickly found out after he cheated that it couldn't be about him. It had to be about me, yeah. but it, but it was the thing that got me to kind of commit. Um, and so, so he was there in the beginning and then, um, you know, I got, I got in, I got really close to a group of people in Philadelphia, you know, and, and that helped me, you know, in recovery. And, um, you know, we were this little band of people going to meetings together and, and just getting, you know, settled back. I remember, it's funny, it was like the call went out. It was like the bat call went out that James was doing better. 
And um, and my, you know, my my I got myself together November 16th of 2004. That's my date. And um, January, I get this call from an old stage manager friend of mine that said, "Hey, I heard you got it together. Uh, there's this audition. I lived, I was living in Philadelphia. That's where I'm from. There's this audition for the Opera Company of Philadelphia. Um, do you want to go? They're looking for a dancer. And I was like, uh, I hadn't danced in like two years, Ray." I had like the cook at the cookie belly and the cookie butt. <laughs> and like, I was like, oh. I was like, I, I, I'm going to do it. So the audition was at seven o'clock. Um, they, it was looked they were looking for an immediate replacement for the show. The audition was 20 minutes long. It was to dance in the course. And it was, it was, and then by seven 30, I was back in the business. So it was wow. like, oh, you know, and I literally felt like I was dancing for my life. So you know, and I, it, it felt like that, I, you know, three months sober and it was, it was, it was, it was just crazy, but lots and lots of help, you know, loving people, you know, and then there were the people who were like, love to remind you of what happened, you know, love to remind you. So you do, you know, you do some work in the program and then you, you, then you end up reminding them that you're no longer that person or doing those things. Yeah. You know, so then the conversation changes inside your own head. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm not I'm not doing those things anymore day at a time. And, uh, you know, you can keep you can keep those thoughts back there, but I don't have to keep them because, you know, I've done the work around that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a key is to have a lot of good help, because as I was when I was in the community of people trying to get off these drugs, I mean, the people I noticed that had the hardest time are the ones who were living by themselves and they had no family, no friends. They couldn't get a doctor to help them. They couldn't find, you know, and that's just brutal, you know? Yeah. 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 It's brutal. I mean, the disease is so isolating, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's so, so, so you can't, you know, you can't save yourself from yourself. Like, you you, you know, you, you gotta, you, you, it's a bridge back to life. You got to get into the life of it. And we do this together. Like we do it together. Life, we live in a system. We're all a part of the system. So if you're still kind of doing the same thing that you did when you were drinking and using, Mm -hmm. you know, then it's more of the same. It feels the same. Right. Now, now in your show, I'm really curious. It sounds like you're doing a multimedia kind of thing, which I, which I Mm -hmm. love. Without giving, you know, spoilers and spoiling the show for people. What can, can you share anything about that? Well, we've got some characters, man, because I, <laughs> you know, as as you can imagine, it gets kind of wild out there in the life of drinking and, and partying and, and, and touring and um, the people you meet. So, you know, so, so, you know, I would say that, you know, I've traveled a lot. So that there are, you know, there are planes, trains and automobiles, you know, so that's where technology comes in, you know, and um, what was interesting is like um, so many people were like, like the voices were like, like a lot of a lot of them, a lot of being in the performing arts is waiting for the phone to ring right yeah waiting for that waiting for that phone to ring yeah. so i had to have that element of like the phone the answering machines the voicemail so that technology is is, is a part of what um what we do but it's it 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 harkens back to like i i love like lily tomlin 
and Whoopi Goldberg and John Leguizamo. And they, you know, they're storytellers. So the stage is bare, you know, and, and there's just a few props and we use projections to kind of like, I play against the projections. And, uh, but I also do this uh, wonderful thing that we call tangos in which I, I switched, I played the characters on stage. And, um, you know, so we're having a lot of fun that they're using, we're using those elements and playing with the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D- did you ever see Lily do a search for intelligent life in the universe? That's yes. That's what yeah. I saw. Yeah. yeah. And um, the other one that she did when she was on stage and in, in, I think it was in, in Los Angeles, I can't remember the name of it, but she had like a door, like a, like her, like she had like a door closing off stage and like, it was just so like 19, you know, forties radio hour. And yeah. I just love that because so much is in the imagination of the audience mm-hmm. you know and that's the journey you know it's happening in your mind anyway so i'm using that as a tool also you know i don't change costumes or anything like that it's fun oh, no. so we all that means you you really have to uh be clear and uh precise about about your characters very specific <laughs> i love i mean i love specificity like that and seeing an actor do that it's just gets me going so you're the only one in the show it's just one person yes yeah yes. great wonderful um now i know and nicole said uh, we want to save your voice so i want to be respectful of that you only wanted to go about a half hour <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> and i think i think we're at that um but uh, was there anything else you want to i'm going to put i'm going to put notes uh you know where people can get tickets and all in 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 the in the notes is there anything else you want to say about uh the show triple threat well i just want to say that um you know authentic storytelling and what i mean by that is that um you know and I'm an African American man, um, and a, a lot of a lot of the stories told about African Americans um, have been told, particularly around urban urban environments, have been told by people who haven't lived them. You know, they've been they've been kind of made up or or, or kind of like sold for profit, but written by people who didn't live that experience. So come see Triple Threat because it's about a person who was actually there and lived the experience of being a Black gay uh, performer in the performing arts. So the story is authentically my own and and, um, and I'm the, actually the one telling it. So come and see it. Thank you so much, James. My pleasure. Well, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I really enjoyed speaking with Mr. James T. Lane of Broadway fame. What a a great guy he is. What a story. I hope I can uh, go see his show. I'm going to try to get out to New York. Right now, i got to finish packing for Yosemite. My friend and I, Chris Good from high school, we're going to climb to the top of Half Dome. Not not climb on the face. We're going to go the back way and pull ourselves up the cables. If you've ever done that, it's one of the hardest hikes, apparently, in the United States. And uh, for a man in his 60s, 
I got to keep doing it. My goal is I'm going to keep doing this every year until I can't do it. My wife doesn't know that, but hey, you only live once. So I got to pack. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. If you like this show, please tell your friends. Give me a rating on, uh, on Apple Podcasts. It really helps a lot or anywhere. And you can find this on any of the podcasting platforms. Shoot me an email at rayrenati at gmail.com or greenroomonair at gmail.com. And I will get back to you. And until next time, I will see you on the boards. Take care. Love one another. All righty. Bye-bye.